Greetings in the name of our wonderful Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This devotional is titled, Walking in Unforgiveness. A most miserable Christian is one who walks in unforgiveness. Immediately after teaching the disciples how to pray, what we commonly call the Lord's Prayer, in Matthew 6, 9-13, Jesus then doubled down on the issue of forgiveness in Matthew 6, 14 and 15. We read there, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Jesus states the issue both positively and negatively. He states it both ways so that there is no way that we can miss the point that he is making. The only point in the entire prayer that Jesus re-emphasizes is the necessity of forgiving others. Positionally, all true believers are forever forgiven concerning the penalty of sin, compare Ephesians 1.7. However, in practice, there can be a barrier between us and God in our walk. Unforgiveness is one such barrier. A trespass is an offense or a wrongdoing of some kind. This person has wronged you. It wasn't right. So what should you do? Worldly wisdom says, when life gives you lemons, freeze them and throw them as hard as possible at the people that are making your life difficult. But Jesus says, forgive men their trespasses and your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Again, note, this is speaking to those who know God as their Father. This is spiritual maintenance in the life of a believer. God expects us to forgive, not retaliate. Yes, they wronged you. Now, how should you respond? With forgiveness. You want God to forgive you, right? Well, then you should be willing to forgive those who trespass against you. That is godlike. That is becoming of those that are God's children and know him as father. But what if we refuse to forgive? Well, Jesus is very clear. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. If we aren't willing to forgive, then we will wander outside the will of God in the wearisome, never, never land of unforgiveness. That is a miserable place to be. The joy is gone, the peace is gone, the blessing of God is gone, the sweet fellowship with God is gone. There are few things more miserable than a Christian who is unforgiving and out of fellowship with God. Such people become bitter, not better. They are spiritual cranks who waste away in the barrenness of unforgiveness, ever reliving how they have been mistreated. They refuse to let it go, and therefore, it never lets them go. Forgiveness is one of the most godlike things we ever do. 1 Peter 4.8 says, And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love, love will cover a multitude of sins. I went to Bible school with a woman named Susan. Her mom recently passed away, and she recounted this memory. Whenever mom played the game sorry with my girls, anytime they'd say sorry and move her player back to home, mom would always say, I forgive you. Isn't that precious? What a great illustration for life. 
Whenever someone wrongs us, what should our response be? I forgive you. That is precious before God. And those quick to forgive are also forgiven by God when they ask. I don't know about you, but I regularly need God's maintenance forgiveness. Therefore, I must be quick to forgive. Happy is the person who can go to sleep every night saying, All is forgiven. I bear no grudges against anyone. D.L. Moody said, The voice of sin is loud, but the voice of forgiveness is louder. But, but what about accountability? Mark DeHaan wrote, quote, With a few well-chosen words, the tables are turned, like a wrestler doing an escape and reverse, an offender regains the upper hand. His victims are now expected to forgive and forget. Well, as we consider the whole counsel of God, we need to recognize the place of accountability. In Matthew 18, Jesus said, If a brother refuses to repent, then a process of confrontation and church discipline is to be applied. It is true that until there is repentance, fellowship cannot be truly restored as it should be. And you can't help what the other person does. However, we are responsible for our own attitude and should always seek to have a spirit of forgiveness. Remember the example of Jesus on the cross when he prayed, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. Luke 23, 34. Thus we too should continually have a spirit of forgiveness while at the same time recognizing that unless there is biblical repentance, there can be no real reconciliation. Those people that Jesus were praying for on the cross still needed to come to repentance. As believers, we should constantly have a spirit that desires to forgive and desires that people be forgiven. However, we also realize that unless there is repentance, people are never really right with God or with those whom they have wronged. Forgiven people are called to be a forgiving people. If God's children refuse to forgive, they too remain unforgiven in terms of their walk. Forgiveness sets us free. Walk in freedom. Walk in forgiveness. Romans 12:18 says, "If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men." Lord, we do thank you that you are a forgiving God, and you call your children, therefore, to be forgiving as well. We are to be godlike. Uh, we are to represent you. And uh, Lord, uh, it is a glorious thing to be forgiven. But Lord, as those who have been forgiven, we also are to forgive, to have a spirit of forgiveness. We can't help what other people do, how they respond, but we can uh, we can guard our own attitude in terms of, uh, are we going to be bitter? Are we going to seek to retaliate? Uh, what is going to be our spirit in response? So Lord, we thank you for teaching us how to pray. And Lord, we thank you for teaching what our attitude should be. Uh, a spirit of forgiveness is to permeate our attitude and our lives. May it be true in my life and all of your children today. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen.